Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 41 of Your Ghost Stories. So if you don't follow us on social media, then you won't know that we've just hit over 20,000 downloads, which is incredible. And uh, I've got to say, I'm very proud of that. This podcast is only about 10 months old and it's completely independent. Never put any money into adverts or anything like that. So to hit 20,000 downloads is a massive achievement. And I just want to say a big thank you to every single one of you listening. What was that? I hear you asking in the background. Back by popular demand, it's the Samsonizer. <laughs> With my glass of wine. <laughs> so, yeah, if you didn't listen to a couple of the previous episodes, my girlfriend, my partner, my baby mama. Gets so, bored downstairs, so joins you for a podcast or two. <laughs> basically begging me to come back on. It's better than watching TV. Well, the utter crap you watch, yeah, anything's better than that. <laughs> That'd keep you company. So what are we here to talk about today? My hometown. Ooh. Ooh. And you don't have the funny accent to go with it, so people won't know where that is. So, uh, Ooh, are. <laughs> remember when I first met your dad? Um, I think that's <laughs> no, I remember this. I had been with you about a month and he sent me a voice note singing happy birthday <laughs> you said you sounded like a proper farmer like, happy birthday to he you he really doesn't he really doesn't yeah, it's not that strong but... i'm from Torquay, by the way in devon yeah so um we went down there what was it over christmas just after christmas for new mm. years and while we were there we thought we'd check out a few of the local haunted spots because sammy is luckily a very supportive girlfriend and Although she gets a bit terrified of all things spooky, uh, she likes to come and see these ghostly places with me. I say a bit terrified. I won't even watch scary films with you. As you pointed out in one of the first episodes, I'm scared of E.T. You are scared of E.T. I'm terrified of E.T. and I'm not afraid to admit it. And I bet there's a lot more people out there scared of E.T. They're just afraid to admit it. I can't really laugh at you seeing as I'm afraid of frogs. <laughs> That's quite an evil laugh, though. Have you, got, have you got a frog up your sleeve or something? Frogs. Me, I'm terrified of them. Uh, ribbit. Ugly creatures. A ribbit. What, an E.T. isn't ugly? E.T.'s uh, cute as. He's not cute. Seriously, <laughs> I tell people, if they went out in their garden and it was pitch black, and E.T. comes shuffling towards them. That wouldn't scare you. Not at all. I remember when we first moved in here and um, we were sitting on the sofa and we have these big French doors at the back. And uh, I terrified you by seriously stating that E.T. was in the garden at the window. And you it, well, it wasn't because I thought he was out there. It's just your, your reaction. You were just winding me up. But, you know, I'm sure I could do the same with you if I said there was a frog outside. Nah, they're fine as long as they're behind glass. It's the same as E.T. If he's behind glass, he can't harm you. I'm tapping on the window with that <laughs> finger that glows. <laughs> anyway, we diversed. 
divest we divest digress digress we yeah. digress <laughs> sammy's got a very good habit of making up random the wrong words. word So the first place that we went to see in Devon was called Tor Abbey's Spanish Barn. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. And if you want to see it, I'll put some videos up on TikTok and on Instagram Reels. So you can find that at Your Ghost Stories Podcast. So a little bit of history about Tor Abbey. So the Tor Abbey Tith Barn was built around the 1200s. That's bloody old. And it was used to store taxes uh, paid to the abbey in the form of grain, hay, and other farm produce. Imagine just being able to pay for stuff with hay. For centuries, however, it's been known to locals as the Spanish barn. So yes, typically called the Tith barn, but for some reason everyone knows it as the Spanish barn. I think I told you that, didn't I? Even though you literally lived about a stone's throw away. That's a yeah. That's quite a loft. That's quite a lofty throw for a stone. <laughs> you would have to throw that quite far. Maybe the and I've seen your throw. Its <laughs> place in history was secured in 1588 when the Nuestra Senora del Rosario. You should do that again in a Spanish accent. Eh, when the Nuestra Senora del Rosario. <laughs> Not as sexy as a uh, typical Spaniard, is it? No. <laughs> I sound like um, what's his name. Andale, andale. Is that the mouse from Looney Tunes? Something like that. What is he from? Oh, no. Andale, andale. Um Speedy Mouse. It's not his name, is it? No. Let's just call him Speedy Mouse. Okay. Speedy Gonzalez. Is it? Yeah, Looney Tunes, Speedy Gonzalez. So, from my understanding, this ship came in, the Spanish ship, and the English captured it and basically made about 400 people prisoners. And if you've seen this place, the Spanish barn, like I say, go and have a look on TikTok and Instagram. It's absolutely tiny. So to fit 400 people in that room would have been cramped as hell. Anyway, I'm just going to get on with the nitty gritty of it. So Tor Abbey has the distinction of not only being Torquay's oldest building, but also being the best surviving medieval monastery in Devon and Cornwall. So it was founded in 1196, which is, by my calculations, bloody old. Older than me. Wow, only just. <laughs> Cheeky. Mm. Uh, founded in 1196, uh, 1196 by six canons of the station order. I have no idea what that means. Uh, I or, wouldn't have been able to say that word. Yeah, you'd have had no chance, would you? <laughs> uh, or the white canons, if you avoid, if you want to avoid being completely tongue-tied. Um, it grew and prospered until the 15th century. It had become the order's richest abbey in the country. So following its surrender during to the dissolution of the monasteries in the 1530s, it became a private abode. And in 1662, it was acquired by the Carey family, who owned it for almost three centuries. And they built a grand Georgian house onto the medieval fabric. Um, creating in the process a truly grand and impressive dwelling. Yeah, it looks amazing from the outside. We didn't get to go check out the other bit, uh, the Tor Abbey bit, but um, yeah, even the Spanish barn is such a cool building, even though it's just literally kind of like a stone barn. 
And then in 1930, so a bit more recently, the property was purchased by uh, the local authority and turned into an art and gallery museum. As the 21st century approached, surveyors discovered that the building was falling down and repairs were needed on like a colossal scale. So yeah, that's proved to be very expensive, but it's nice to see that the building is still standing. In 2005, uh, there was a renovation project that saw the property closed for three years. And even when we were there recently, it had scaffolding all around it. So I assume they're still doing some works. But yeah, in the process, uh, more of the medieval monastery came to light with the consequences um, since its reopening. And many of the older sections of the abbey are for the first time on public view, enabling visitors to explore the very roots of its magnificent, magnificent foundation. Yeah, I'd really recommend going to check that place out because it does look really cool. And it's just literally just off the main road, off the beach in um, Torquay. So this is a ghost podcast. So obviously there are ghosts there. Any building with, you know, 800 years of history um, is bound to have a resident or two. And although Tor Abbey goes one better, it doesn't just boast one or two, it has three. So chronologically speaking, the earliest of its ghosts date back to the 1300s when an abbot, for reasons that are difficult to ascertain, beheaded a young canon and then attempted to cover up his dastardly deed. Unable to find rest, the headless ghost of the murdered cleric is said to gallop around the grounds on a ghostly mount. I don't know about you, Sammy, but I didn't see no, um, no headless horseman, did you? No, I was showing in the car because it was raining. Oh, yeah. I was just like a lemon filming the outside of it, getting wet. But the Abbey's most famous haunting uh, centers on its magnificent medieval Tiff barn, which, as we said, is the Spanish barn, which was originally built, like I said, to store taxes, tiffs, and the locals paid to the Abbey in the form of crops and other farm produce. Imagine that. Imagine just being able to pay your council tax with um, a bit of hay. Oh, what, like, hey, how are you doing? Or <laughs> hey there. <laughs> so Sammy is actually a comedian. She's got a comedy podcast. Thought I'm joking. She wants to have one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the comedy to me. So yeah, the most famous story from the Spanish barn is aptly called The Spanish Lady. So back in 1588, the year of the Spanish Armada, Sir Francis Drake captured the Spanish flagship Nuestra Señora de Rosario and took 397 crew members prisoner. So like I said, that little barn is tiny, so getting 397 people in there is absolutely mental. And amongst them was the fiancé of one of the ship's lieutenants, who, realising that capture was imminent, and not wishing to be separated from her lover, disguised herself as a sailor. And along with the other prisoners, she was put ashore and incarcerated for two weeks in the barn. And here they were cramped together in miserable conditions. And the young lady pretty much just caught a chill and died. And ever since then, the ghost of the Spanish lady has roamed the barn, apparently, and the surrounding grounds, quietly sobbing to herself, as she searches for her lost love. Oh, that's such a sad ghost story. Uh, fills you with woe, doesn't it? 
You feel for her. Yeah, well, it was a long time ago, so maybe she's got over it. Maybe. Well, actually, talking from a woman's point of view, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last but not least, the final and third phantom. Phantom, well, that doesn't have a TH in it. The final, <laughs> the third and final phantom is the smiling apparition of Lady Carey. Oh, see, that freaks me out there when you say smiling. I think a ghost smiling is creepy. <laughs> no, not creepy at all, just smiling, just, oh. Yeah, I think. Unless it's obviously a really nice smile, but when when you say that, I just envisage like a really creepy smile. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. So, yeah, she is apparently seen to be walking around in a magnificent ball gown and is said to be driven through the grounds of her old home by an equally spectral driver in a brilliantly illuminated coach. A and ghost coach? Yeah, ghost mm-hmm. coach. I think the other one was a coach as well, wasn't he? The first one. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. So maybe in history, wine. it seems to happen that some ghost stories get a bit you know, mixed up and confused with each other and then a few different stories come out of them. So maybe this is one of them. But yeah, so should you go there and see a headless cleric galloping by, um, maybe watch your back because, yeah. Oh, when you say driven around, you mean horses, not in a car. Yeah, no, she's not, not in like, like a, a car Ferrari coach. or anything or Lambo. No, not like I'm not thinking like a coach, like a bus coach. No, considering was... it was back in like the 1500s, <laughs> I'm pretty sure coaches and buses. Sorry, didn't I wasn't exist. paying attention. But yeah, that's the stories of the Spanish barn. My stories are so much better. Yeah, it's a small little place, so. No, it's still cool. It's still a haunted barn. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm about to talk about one of England's most haunted castles. And the Ooh. S- Sorry, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Or is that is that cue for a, your ghost stories? <laughs> anyway, these stories actually like freak me out. Ooh. So you had a little bit of experience before we went to what's it called? Berry Pomeroy Castle, is that right? Yep. So before we went, you went before and illegally trespassed. No, well, you make it sound like it's... Tell the truth, Sammy. Yes. Yeah, a few... Yes, I jumped over the wall and had a nosy round at dark. <laughs> but just to... Paying the entrance fee. But just to be clear, like we went there and the wall's not very big, is it? Like when you told me this story like a year ago, I can imagine this like... In my head, I saw this like 10 foot wall. Yeah, Jamie, I, I jumped over the wall. I'm five foot. How could I get over a 10 foot wall? Uh, the, the way you described it. Yeah, I came it. armed with my ladder. <laughs> <laughs> the way you described it, you like scaled this wall of great heights, this castle wall, and you made it over to the other side and you couldn't get your way back out. Well, no, when that, I got that's there, true. It's literally like a wall that I could have just like stepped my legs over. No, so listen, so. It was a very long time ago. Me and some friends thought we'd go for a drive. It was late at night and we went over to Barry Pomeroy Castle. And we parked up on sort of the side of the road, went for a walk down. And yes, so the bank is quite high. So the wall isn't very high to get over. But when you're on the other side, it's sort of a bit of a drop down. So I remember going over fine and jumping down and looking up thinking, oh, I've got to get back up there. Didn't really think too much of it and had an explore down in the dungeons and everything. 
to be honest with you, I obviously I'm not a believer, so I wasn't spooked or anything. And I hadn't heard any history or stories of Barry, Barry Pomori Castle. So, and then, yeah, it was funny when we came to leave, I had to get like a leg up and it was a bit more of an effort, let's just say. There is absolutely no chance you'd have gone there if you knew it was haunted, right? Well, exactly. And the funny thing is, is when I got home, my dad or stepmom was still awake. And I remember saying to them that I'd just been to Barry Pomeroy Castle in the dark. And they said, you do know that's like one of the most haunted castles in England. And I was like, not even just nope. castles, like one of the most haunted locations. apparently. Yeah. First thing I did was Google it and... I'm so glad I didn't read that before going. Well, I wouldn't have gone basically if I'd read what I read before going because I feel like when you've got a when you've read something, you go with an idea in your head that you're going to see something or it's going to freak you out. And reading these stories online, yeah, I'll never go back at night again. So, what are the what's the main kind of ghost story that's meant to be there? Well, I'll just give you a brief history of Barry Pomeroy for anyone that's interested, just to put it into context for you. Since the Norman conquest of England in the 11th century, people have settled on the land of Barry Pomeroy and its surrounding countryside. The area is rich in history and full of ruins. Barry Pomeroy Castle, the ruins. Um, that remain was started in around 1560 by the Pomeroy, Pomeroy even family. So although the castle had soldiers and many fortifications, its position at the top of a steep hill meant that it was never likely to be attacked. From 1600s onwards, ambitious extensions to the property were started. The family wanted the castle to end up as the largest and best stately home in Devon. The extensive building works were never completed and Bay Pomeroy was completely abandoned by 1700. It was too far from the surrounding towns, too remote to be use of any use to anyone. Instead, it has long been the site of teenage... Uh, well... Oh, that... funny that, isn't it? <laughs> exactly what I got up to. Um, so it was actually a site of teenage initiations. <laughs> Who can stand being in the castle the longest? Today, Berry Pomeroy Castle is owned and managed by English Heritage. So yeah, when we went, it's not like this. In the daytime, it was a nice bright blue day and lovely day when we were there. So it wasn't like the spookiest. But um, I can imagine that at night, I, I definitely wouldn't want to be there. It'd be very eerie and different at night knowing mm. that these haunted stories. So it's actually, reading up on it, there's four different ghosts that haunt Berry Pomeroy Castle. Most commonly, you've got the white lady. Mm-hmm. So, some backstory of the white lady. The white lady is meant to be the ghost of Lady Margaret Pomeroy. The myth tells that her sister Eleanor was a jealous and mean woman. When the man who Eleanor loved went for her sister, Margaret, Eleanor locked Margaret in the dungeon. There, Margaret tragically perished. It said that unfortunate witnesses can often see her rising out of the dungeon, which is a really damp and somewhat creepy space, and wandering the ramparts. People who claim to have seen her say that she comes accompanied by feelings of depression, uneasiness and sadness. The next haunting is by the Blue Lady. The story, dating back as far as the 18th century, tells of a lady dressed in blue, 
She's meant to be a particularly mean and spiteful ghost, even evil. She's meant to be the daughter of one of the Norman knights who inhabited the previous castle on the land where Barry Pomeroy now sits. The story tells that she was forced into an incestuous relationship with her father, resulting in a child. Her father was so angry that he strangled the child. Well, surely it was his fault. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he should have... Um, Why was he angry? Put a rubber on, shouldn't he? Well, he sh- shouldn't have done it in the first place. So, <laughs> dad. Well, yeah, and that. Oh, God, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Delete that. That's... No, that's stone. No, that's awful. <laughs> God. Um, anyway, I've lost my train of thought. Um, so, her father was so angry that he strangled the child. So, Her father was so angry they didn't put a Johnny on. <laughs> oh, my God, please. Don't make this funny. It's supposed to be a spooky story. That's so inappropriate. Um, so, in her grief, she died. She is now said to haunt the castle, wandering the empty rooms and luring un- unexpected men to their deaths. So I hadn't heard of the other two hauntings, which are by... No, we heard of those two when we were there. But... Yeah, the other two are um, knights. Um, and I've got some really good um, stories of people that have witnessed things. These, honestly, just... You well, know when you read... Give me a quick uh, overview of the knights and their history. Do you have that? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I just want to go straight in with the stories. Um, but I'd, I was... love, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, these stories are ones that you read and they just make you not want to go to bed. Gives you the willies. Gives you the willies. Exactly. So. A bit of... um... (laughs) 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 Are you keeping that in? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. He's found a puzzle piece about 11 months old and it's a cat. In case you wondered why the meowing. Um, so I found a really good website with some stories, other ghost stories about Bar- Barry Pomeroy Castle. So these are true stories? They are true stories. Um, unfortunately, I can't find the name of whose website this is, but it if goes... If you look at the top, it normally says www. It doesn't. Look at the bottom then. Simonday.com. Oh, well, that was hard, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Simon Day, for your <laughs> website. It was very obvious that belongs to God. so it reads um my interest for Barry primary castle started back in 1987 Woo, when i was born <laughs> when i went up there with a group of friends on our motorbikes i don't think i've ever been as scared the walk down from the top of the footpath is about half a mile long in the pitch black with trees overhanging on both sides i absolutely did not believe in ghosts and thought that people claiming to have seen one were probably barking mad well Until you see one, you won't believe it. I'm a very mature person and worked for the Devon and Cornwall Police as a special constable for nine years. I don't drink, I don't take drugs, and I am wary of stories by nature. I've only listed the sightings I have seen that have been witnessed by others. I see no point claiming something I've seen alone. One more thing. Once I saw my first ghost, I was addicted to the adrenaline rush it gives me, which is why to this day, I still go back. Some people rock climb, others jump out of planes. I go after ghosts to get my rush. The Ghostly Guard at Barry Pomeroy Castle 
My first sighting came a year after my first visit when two of my friends and their dog came over at about 11pm and asked if I wanted to go up there. I grabbed my coat and torch and off we went. We parked at the bottom footpath and started heading up. Their dog was anxious all the way and as we reached the top through one of the slit windows we could see a light as bright as we had ever seen. It was so bright it was lighting up most of the windows inside the main entrance. We thought it might be someone messing about so we went up to the window. What we faced froze us to the spot. No more than 10 feet in front of us through this window was a figure dressed like a guard and its face stared down at us. Oh, so maybe that was one of the knights that you were talking about previously. Mm. We could see right through the figure to the wall behind it. Mm. It just stared at us. 80% opacity. Transparency. (laughs) You're ruining my story. It just stared at us moving his head from side to side. No, don't stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good impression of head bobbing. It seems like ages, but probably no more than a minute later, my friend says, let's get out of here now. As he said it, the face moved right up against the window and gave a really evil grin. And we could see most of his teeth were missing. We were that close. All this time, their dog was frantic, hair up and barking away from the window. Sounds like the dog needed a Backing, Valium. backing away from the window, not barking away. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I've ruined that story and it's really spooky. Don't you think it's spooky? Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. Imagine seeing that. Well, you wouldn't even last that long. You'd be gone right. at the bright light. I think if I was in a big group of people, it would be a lot of fun. But if it was just like a couple of us. Oh, well, that brings me nicely on to another one, which is called, wait for it, The Night of 20 Witnesses at Berry Pomeroy Castle. Oh, wow. Go for it. Oh, give me a second. I just need to get the full story. One. <laughs> a bit longer than that. One sec. Two secs. <laughs> deafening screeches and shaking hinges. I first went up with one friend and my dog. I love that it's always a dog, you know. A dog's reaction can never lie. All the way down, we could hear a hair-standing shriek, and my dog was more nervous than I've ever seen him before. These dogs are clucking for Valium. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, that's what you get. Well, that's what people take if they're nervous and they need, like, if they're going on a flight or they have really bad anxiety. You know, okay. pop a Valium. Okay, don't ruin this one as well. (laughs) We had both heard foxes before, but this was way different. We were reluctant to go down and decided to go slow and turn back if the shrieking gets any closer. We got. Hear my impression of a fox? Not really. Just in case anyone's not heard of a fox. Heard of a fox? I mean, (laughs) heard a fox cry or make a noise. Oh, just get it over and done with. I want to finish my story. That sounds like our 11-month-old laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I can't remember. I used to, where I used to live, there used to be loads of foxes and they make some horrific noises. Yeah, doesn't it sound like a baby crying? Yeah, yeah, that's more like More it. like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> was it? Anyway, we distracted me. So we got down the castle and this shriek was still on the other side of the field. After only a few minutes, the shriek had stopped from across the field and in milliseconds was in front of us. My dog went berserk and ran at full speed up the footpath, followed closely by us. 
As we got to the top, we saw 18 people pulling up in various cars. We told them what had just happened and told them not to go down. They all laughed and said it was a fox. Anyway, after 15 minutes of disputing their claim, they said they were going down and we should come. I spoke to my friend about it and we were both of the opinion that there is some safety in a group of 20 people and the noise had stopped so we went back down with them. When we got down to the bottom, standing in front of St Margaret's Tower was a glowing figure of an old lady. A dozen of us plucked up the courage to go over there so we walked up to within a foot of this figure. She didn't speak but all of us somehow heard her say, Beware of the hour. Of the owl. Hour. I was trying to put on a spooky voice. Oh, it just made me, I thought owl, because when we went there, there was loads of bird poop all around the um, the main building. Remember, we walked in, there's like, and I think it said something to do with an owl. Did it? All right, no. Beware of the owl. Beware of the owl poop. <laughs> Beware of the hour. What happens on the hour? Well, the time was... 10 minutes to 1 a.m. How would you? 10 minutes to 1 a.m. That doesn't sound quite... It doesn't 10 flow. 10 to 1. 10 to 1 a.m. I want people to know a.m. Okay. It's early hours of the morning? Yeah. 50 minutes past midnight. <laughs> she just stayed there, and by now some of the others were scared, and I admit I was getting worried also. We walked back to the rest of the group, who were by now standing by the entrance to the castle. So what, they just cracked on even though this glowing woman was there? Well, they went back. Did they just think, oh, they're like, she looks great. She's glowing. Is that the kind of glowing? Yeah, like if you're glowing, but that's like, I think if you're pregnant, people say, oh, you're glowing. Yeah. So she wasn't like luminous ray of white. Maybe. She just looked great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. We were all looking at our watches. You made me lose my train of thought. You're ruining my story. We were all looking at our watches and it struck 1am. The woman vanished and this shriek was back. But this time it was deafening and I really mean deafening. As it started, the solid 15-foot wooden gate in front of us started shaking so violently we thought it was going to break free. A dozen torches shining on a wooden gate shaking off its hinges without any person near it was enough for 20 of us to run back as fast as we could. We were definitely not welcome there that night. Damn, girl. That's pretty scary. It was scary. Yeah, I can't say I'd like to see anything like that whilst uh... Just imagine the first story I said about the knight staring back at you with an evil grin with no hardly any teeth. And then this happening, if you're actually there experiencing that, that's, no, thank you. I'd probably see the glow and I'd be like, oh, hey, girl, you glowing, girl. You would not. <laughs> You'd scream like a girl. I've said boo to you and you've come out of the bathroom and your feet have physically left the floor. Yeah, you're a bully. Not really. I went boo and <laughs> you went, ah! <laughs> I do have another one. Go on, one more. W one more? Yeah, it's getting late and my eyes are getting heavy. Isabel, the child of Barry Pomeroy. This one is probably the scariest ghost that used to be down there because unlike all other ghosts, Isabel could leave the confines of the castle. 
I was down there with a few friends and we saw the ghost of a child inside the main building right at the top. There is only the shell of that building left, so we knew no one could go up there. One of my friends must have upset her due to messing about before we saw her because we all went icy cold and while walking back up to the car, we all felt her following us. We got into the car, which also went icy cold. We got back to my place and went inside, which also went icy cold. She stayed with us for a couple of hours before leaving again. She made her point very clear and I never invited that friend down again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a cool place. It's a creepy place. Do you remember when we were leaving? So there's a guy in the ticket office and I think you brought up, like you do everywhere we go, you brought up that I'm, I'm too much of a wimp to ask. don't want to be, I find it embarrassing. Um, but Which I don't know why you do because every time not, I mention it, they're like, oh, it's so cool. Oh, can you tell me some ghost stories, please, sir? Um, you sound like Dobby from Harry Potter then. <laughs> um, no, you know, of course I love it. I've got a podcast about it, but. You're just not as forthcoming with talking oh, to strangers like shy. I am. Yeah, I just feel a bit shy doing it. Um, but yeah, so you asked him. You, I think I was outside at that point, and it's often the way you're often leading Excuse the way. Me, man. Yeah, you're often leading the way, man. asking about the ghost stories, and then I pop in. I'm like, oh, here she goes again. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it. And so yeah, you were asking him about his thoughts on the ghost stories of Mary Pomeroy and I always if think it's seen anything. Well yeah, I always think people that work there and that they're they're there opening, closing, surely they may have seen something. Yeah, m- most of the time people you ask they're very forthcoming and like to tell stories of things, you know, the staff have seen or people they know have seen, etc. But this guy was just like, no. Ghost ain't real. Proper skeptic, <laughs> wasn't he? Proper yeah, yeah. telling us why people even make up ghost stories. Yeah, it's quite, quite it, cool, actually. I'd never. It, I'd, it I'd does never, make sense. Yeah, I'd, I'd never thought about what he was saying until until that point. So he basically said, "Ghost goes back from Shakespeare." Yeah, it goes back to yeah, like some of the original novelists, and he basically said that these buildings, these castles, and stuff often had writers or these you know big rich. Uh, well-off buildings they had writers and stuff often you know frequenting coming and going and stuff and around the time that travel became accessible to the general public um these ghost stories started coming up in literature so yeah these stories were written it by you know writers at, at that castle at that time essentially in what his opinion was, what well, I'm sure it's been documented elsewhere, but he's a, he was of the opinion that these novelists write these stories so the general public, which it works, you know, people like me. Would we, go visit. Sorry, I got, we, the only reason we went to visit that place is because it's allegedly one of the most haunted places in the UK. And that's generally the reason that I go to most of these places. Don't get me wrong, I love the history and they're, they're cool to look at and just roam around. But I do love the ghost stories of these places. So yeah, maybe he is right. Yeah, um, how I understood it was he said that from Shakespeare, Shakespearean times when Shakespeare would write stories, when people could travel, they would go visit those places where the stories were based um, and people sort of cottoned on to think, okay, I could make a few bucks here if a story is based here, people will come and visit it. So they started making up stories to attract public and um, 
make some money. And it, it makes sense. But It does make sense, yeah. But then at the same time, you know, he's obviously very sceptical or complete sceptical. He has zero belief in anything paranormal. But at the same time, you know, from a personal perspective, I've had so many things happen to me that I can't deny that there must be something. I think most of the time, 99% of the time, there probably is a reasonable explanation as to why something may be happening. But there is that 1% where things happen that are just unexplainable. So, yeah. Some pretty spooky stories down in Devon. Yeah, it's a great place full of fascinating history. And, I'm uh, sure lots more. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back there in, what, in the summer. So. Yeah, August time. We can go check out some more spooky places. Yeah, sure if anyone we'll... lives down in Devon and knows of any haunted places, it'd be cool to hear from you. And uh, If you've got any recommendations of places we can go. Yeah, please do. Let us know in comments on social media at your ghost stories or send us an email at yourghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com or send a message on the website, yourghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you live down that way, um, very primary, like 10 minutes, if that, from Totnes, and you've never been, go check it out. I highly recommend it. My stepmom's lived there her whole life down in uh, Devon, Torquay, and that was the first time she'd been with us um, just after Christmas. Yeah, so it's, it's a lovely place. It's very scenic. And yeah, even if, you know, you have to do an hour or two hour drive, it's well worth the drive. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. And it's been fun having Sammy on yet another episode. Let us know if you're enjoying Sammy or if we should never, ever get her on ever again. That's mean. Can you... <laughs> <laughs> That's really mean. I'd rather not know. Just... Okay, I'll keep it a secret. Just just send me a message privately. She she doesn't have access to uh, any of the pages. So yeah, just send us a message and I, I won't tell her. Beep.